All right, welcome back. It's time for our next episode of Beyond the Tap here in the studio in beautiful Hiawassee, Arkansas. Um, y'all, it's getting to be fall now, and uh, if you're tuning in on our uh, audio channel, you know, get ready. We have a great uh, show for you today. Uh, some folks in from Beard Engine Brewing Company uh, up in Alba, Missouri. But uh, before that, uh, if you're watching our YouTube channel, uh, which if you're not, you should be, you notice there's a very familiar face sitting next to me here. Uh, welcome to the show, Dara. How you Thank doing? you. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, glad to have you. So, uh, so a lot has been going on with you. You are no longer with the brewery now, right? Correct. You're, you've kind of gone solo, or kind of gone off and, and done a whole new venture now, right? Yes. What are you up to now? Tell me a little bit. So, uh, Kyle Reedy and I have exited the brewing world, and we're going into uh, the bar world. Yeah. We're making a dive bar in downtown Bentonville. So, what's it called? Bentonville Dive. That makes sense. Okay, <laughs> very cool. easy to remember. Um, well, awesome. So, so where is so so you you got out of the brewing and now mm-hmm. you're into a dive bar. Um, are you guys open yet? No, we are hoping to open in the beginning of December of 2020. Yes. All right, perfect. Got so no 2020. We will, yeah, it better be 2020. <laughs> <sighs> no, so I, I know there's been probably some setbacks with you guys during pandemic world and all this other crap, but. Uh, yeah. Man, I'm excited. At the time of recording this, we're in November, so you guys got less than a month, and you'll be open here. Very close. And I cannot wait to sit down and have a beer with you. But uh, speaking of beer, I think we should bring on our guests here. We should. Um, Everybody, welcome to the show. We have Nate and Tiffany from Beard Engine Brewing Company in Alba, Missouri. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. It's going pretty good. Yeah, better now. Got these libations in front of us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So now I've we were chatting just a little bit before mm-hmm. uh, the show, and I have not tasted this yet. But uh, I hear is this now is this your least favorite? Uh, f- for me personally, uh, okay. but it seems to be everyone's favorite. Yeah, uh, it's kind of developed its own cult following. Uh, the only beer that I know of that's similar to that is Heavy Riff up in St. Louis. They have their Love Gun, which is vanilla cream ale. Uh, we started doing this one several years ago. Uh, and it was essentially our answer for like introductory beer drinkers that weren't used to craft. Uh, so that was our answer to that. But it's pretty complex considering yeah. it's a pretty light cream ale. Yeah. What, what is the beer that we are drinking? So that is The Clash. Uh, it's named after my favorite band, Got Punk Rock Roots. Uh, that generated from a beer. It's called Punky. It was a cream ale. We bombed with uh, Tahitian vanilla. And here we are. Oh, wow. That's, so you can definitely taste yummy. the vanilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and the thing with sometimes vanilla can get really overpowering or earthy uh, to try to find that ratio worked out really well. So now it's just more creamy, even yeah. though there is no cream in a cream ale. It's just strictly a uh, corn, like a six row malt, real simplistic malt bill. We throw some Vienna in there for more breadiness and it's like cream soda to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, That's yeah. definitely an adult cream soda. What are you thinking there? <laughs> Oh, it's very good. <laughs> I like it. So, so really quick, let's let's go back. I know uh, we've we've mentioned your names and who you're with, but uh, let's go back uh, in in time a little bit and say so. So, Nate, let's start with you. Where did you where did you come into this? With uh, were you brewing before? What's tell us just a little bit we, about who you are. Actually. Yeah. So, I was in advertising, believe it or not, before this. Uh, we had a homebrew hobby like anyone else. I never jumped into like the beer kits. Uh, I was always kind of overzealous. I always wanted to overdo things. I jumped into all grain pretty fast. Had no clue, did a lot of reading. I'm kind of a book nerd. Uh, And that's kind of how it all started. And it was one of those things that just 
kind of took over my life in a sense, got better and better. In our garage, we had about six taps flowing at any given time. Wow, nice. so you and, were really going for <laughs> it yeah. then. Yeah, and we he were playing He didn't stay styles. small for very long. We did the one batch, like, or one gallon batch yeah. like one time. And then we and jumped then... <laughs> up to two, and then it went up to like half barrel. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so it was a lot of fun, but we trial and error, we learned that way. Uh, but we just really nerded out on it in the very beginning. Self-taught. So we were we were part of the dive bar scene in a sense, and then we just developed our palate started changing over time. When we and got together, he was drinking Miller High Life. Oh yeah, and oh. I Miller was, High Life. I was drinking Bush Light. Like that was. Hey, yeah. it's okay. We can all throw those back occasionally, and yeah. that's that's still okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that was kind of a, in a sense how it all started. Uh, several people, friends, obviously they always had our back and supported us and said, "Hey, you should really open a brewery." We didn't really start thinking about it until probably six, seven years ago. Like okay. if we could pull it off. Uh, but we, in a sense, we did, uh, we were probably one of the longer ones to take to get started just because we, it was just me and her, everything we bought was with our own money. There was no investors. It was like, let's go into this with no risk. Hmm. So we bought everything over, uh, over a course, of a few years from different breweries across the United States. So we were from Denver, Georgia, Illinois, uh, North St. Louis. Places uh, we had been and had not been, but he <clears> makes, <throat> uh, friendships and relationships with these brewers everywhere we go and oh, yeah. so he was on a forum and a lot of the old breweries that were upgrading their systems kicked stuff off to us at a, you know pretty cheap so we could stay within our shoestring budget yeah and we developed a lot of friendships uh so i mean i can't say enough for a lot of those guys because they helped us create you know we have a hand-built four vessel traditional system uh, that was pieced together from all these different breweries uh, Little Beaver in, in Illinois was a big help. Uh, Banded Oak Brewing in Denver, big name, gold medal winner at GABF. Uh, Omaha Brewing, huge place in Georgia. So all those places really helped us early on because they were growing so fast. And when you get new equipment coming in, you got to mm-hmm. make room. Well, yeah. that's a lot of history now that you have with your yeah. equipment. That's awesome. Yes. And everything is, and we still approach everything with like, that Frankenstein approach in home brewing, you're constantly building things, making things better. And I implemented that into the new system. Everything's wood wrapped uh, to kind of show homage to the English European brewing styles. We don't use electric, we don't use steam, everything's natural gas fired. Uh, the only temperature we rely on for our mash is the, the Missouri black walnut that wraps our mash tons. So everything is simplistic. Like the name says, we're old world styles. We do things traditionally. Yeah. Yep. That's incredible. Nice. So Tiffany, how how did you get how did you get paired up with him then? I mean, <laughs> well, we've been uh, together for eight years. Okay. Married for six. Um, I just kind of let him do. I, he found a hobby, and I was like all for it. I yeah. Backed him one. We were actually um, tinkering with an old truck. It was a. 64 yeah. f100 yeah i didn't want to say the wrong one the, the wrong year i always make mistakes with that but we were working on that together uh, we really liked rat rods and stuff and so we worked countless hours in the garage on that thing and then one day he's just like i want to do beer instead and i was like okay so we sold that truck to buy his first system yeah the half barrel system and it's actually winemaking equipment that i had to retrofit i met a, a winemaker uh he's up by i think bellevue illinois or something like that but he was going through a rough patch in his life and just he was parting ways so 
in a sense, we traded. It was like horse trading. So we have a brewery now because of a truck. Wow. <laughs> so, okay. All right. That's kind of nice. cool. That's a good start. That's I thought, a, I thought I like so. That. Yeah. I like that. Well, very cool. So um, let's let's talk really quick about you guys. You opened this year, right? Mm-hmm. To, in 2020. June, June 12th. Um, yeah. Quite, oh, wait. Okay. Now, now, hang on. You opened that that that's after march right so mm-hmm. I, I know my calendar and yes. that's after march so you guys yep. didn't start before the pandemic you started in the middle of yeah. it. yeah sure did what was that like nerve-wracking yeah Scary no doubt hell. yeah because because you, you go into it and, and a lot of people you got naysayers you got people support you but we didn't want to fail before we even got started and that's what we were up against uh we were supposed to open june 6 uh but it got pushed back to no- another week and at the same time, we knew what we had to implement into our tap room to make everyone feel safe, walk in. So when we first opened Grand Opening, that town had never seen that many cars, traffic, people lined up. It was like well, a, a big showing. Well, not since the old miners in. Yeah. yeah. And it was pretty ridiculous. At one point, we had to, we had a, one of her cousins as a doorman. I had to go out there and relieve him and do the same because we were at like occupancy like that. Oh, yeah. So, what is your occupancy right now? So in the tap room, it's 75, okay. but, but we've had to cut it in half. Half, yeah. Okay. But right. the, when we built our tap room, everything was already uh, in six foot distancing. This is how it worked out. We have two long communal tables in the center of our tap room and on the walls, everything's six foot. So before going into it, it wasn't intended that way. It just worked out to our advantage we that we were already- We didn't want to pack the tap room like so tight with tables. We wanted it to be more Free. open and yeah. yeah, like some standing room. And So uh, with, with that, you know, opening uh, the line of people, there were people that were discouraged, you know, like what's going on? I just want to check it out. I'm not going to wait this long. So we were so terrified we we're going to get bad ratings or views from the get-go but it was something that was out of our hands but all we kept thinking about was well we got to do we gotta diligence make it safe yeah. yeah so we you know we explained that to several people uh, the big thing about ours is when people walk in our doors we literally live next door to the brewery we own another commercial building we live in the loft above it so That's our tap cool. room is treated like an extension of our home so when people began to know that about us when they came in they instantly felt like family like thanksgiving you're over for a, a football game and that helped us in there in the beginning like man i really like nate and tiff what they're doing out here the beer is pretty good you know and we built friendships early on and that's when it just started steamrolling. Yeah. Uh, we, we have so many regulars already that support us and what we do. And I just, like he said, I treat everyone that walks through the door like a friend or a family member. And they're in my living room and I'm entertaining them. So that's the way to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's the perfect approach to it is, it, you know, I think a lot of people could learn mm-hmm. from that is the yeah. opportunity that, you know, you started out now. The population of Alba is not huge, right? 555 wow yeah is what's not, on the not sign thousand. not thousand <laughs> yeah. guys yeah. 555 yeah so. people <laughs> and and you said everybody's just kind of come along they've been with you from the get-go right mm-hmm. and yep. uh, I mean, i've noticed i looked up i looked you guys up on google a while ago because mm-hmm. i'm like i'm always curious about what the response is to from people yeah and uh i noticed you guys have uh more than twice the amount of google reviews than most of our other breweries in the area with a, a larger population around. Yeah, it's so. it's it's pretty humbling. We uh, are both um, from the area. He went to Diamond uh, High School, Diamond, Missouri, and I went to Joplin. And we just we have such a large friend circle from being here our whole lives, and so we have we just had a lot of people want us to succeed. Yeah, and we capture a lot of. We do have our uh, support of our locals, but we also have we're sandwiched in between a couple of highways. So 
a Sunday is a big day for us just because we started doing Sunday trivia. A lot of places aren't open on Sundays. So people are either going home or going away from home on that Sunday traveling. When they Google nearby breweries or a place I can get a drink, that's how we catch a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, we, we've got some couples that come from Kansas City constantly traveling to Arkansas. We've got guys you know, from Arkansas that way. So we're the meeting point for a lot of them. And that's really opened up a big avenue in that sense, aside from just being local. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Having our travelers, because that's kind of what got us started, is we would travel all over the United States to go to different breweries. And our favorites were always the destination, the one that you have to go far off the beaten mm-hmm. path to get to. Yeah. And so they find us by accident and are, are just blown away by the atmosphere that we've created it's it feels like magic out there that's all Mm -hmm. i can say and then when people get there they get it like yeah well and you mentioned trivia a while ago so you guys do trivia is that every sunday every Every sunday Sunday. okay Mm -hmm. and where where did that start was that something you guys just wanted to do as a as we were uh, trying to so we don't have um televisions we don't have anything like that we have wi-fi uh wi-fi password but it still doesn't give you much as far as uh service so we don't have televisions or anything so we don't have sunday football So we were trying to think of something else that we could do to bring people together because a lot of people will say when they're in there, they don't pick up their phone. They sit and they talk to their friends. And that's fantastic. (laughs) Because, and then half the people, I mean, we don't like advertise that we have Wi-Fi. If people ask for it, we give it to them, but they kind of set their phones down and just talk. And so we were trying to um, create something where they could sit and play and talk. And that's awesome. Yeah. No, I think that's a huge part of community too. Is is being able to disconnect, being able to to not constantly be occupied by something else, and be able to it, to sit around and actually chat. So the fact that you guys have accomplished that, I mean, that's that's huge. That's that's not just it a, is. Um, and and you're in a like I said earlier, we're in a market that's so we're nowhere near the breweries that were here mm-hmm. years ago. Uh, but you got to remember, it's such a competitive market even though there's that camaraderie amongst most breweries you still want something that stands out makes you a little bit different um in the world of beer nobody ever wants to be the caboose and i tell people that a lot of time and we play off words off our name we, we treat it as a we're the little engine that could and we opened during this pandemic and uh it, it's worked out thus far the whole plan from the get-go is to grow organically and to see what we've done so far has been pretty amazing uh, just bringing back that that communal atmosphere that is missed in today's society. Mm-hmm. Years ago, you go into beer hall, and that's all it was. Uh, it was families, it was friends engaging, and it is. You, you don't see people on phones. Uh, we don't discourage it, obviously, but it's just kind of nice that people are back to that civility that that's lost, you know. So yeah. it's so it's well, very cool. They get to cool. actually have an experience, then, yeah. Rather than like I sat with you and I played on Facebook the whole time and I don't really remember, you know. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. But yeah. it is definitely neat, and it, it does it works well with our, our beer styles because uh, mm-hmm. we are old world styles, and we just kind of played off of that. Yeah. Uh, we got French architecture when you walk in, and that's where we got our Victorian, Edwardian steampunk vibe. Yeah, because we, we, of we did not plan to have a steampunk brewery. Okay, let's um, dive into that. Yeah how yeah. how did you decide on a steampunk theme? When we found the building, the the location for our brewery because we had had so many names I can't even remember half of them but we had a list and when we got there it just felt it I don't know it just felt Edwardian like you said very it's pretty grand uh, yeah. the big 13 foot ceilings and you walk in the arches and uh, 
uh, it was pretty incredible, all slate floors. So it, you could tell there was going to be something in there. We just didn't know what it was going to be. So uh, it's funny, thinking back, I never would have thought to myself, like, I, I want a Victorian brewery. Nobody <laughs> thinks like that. Everyone <laughs> wants something new, cutting edge, modern, rustic. But when we got it, it just kind of developed its own name. The name happened on its own, the, the place. and Well, kind of. I came up with the name. Huh. She, she, she does right. take credit for that. <laughs> I was going to ask, who. so how did that one come to you? So he is very into beer engines, so we own one. Um, we have Firkin Fridays. Every Friday we tap a Firkin, and so he's really just loves his beer engine and that's the name we wanted to begin with and we found out that it was already taken so I just kept thinking and thinking we threw around some other ideas and then I just I was like oh your giant beard let's do a play on words and do beard yeah. engines so so for those of uh, those of them those of our listeners and viewers that don't know what what's first of all what's what's a beer engine well it's uh in the UK and over in Europe it's actually a way to dispense beer. It's a hand pump in a sense. Uh, they're usually brass, porcelain, ornate. You can see them in almost every pub uh, overseas. What we dispense when we do the firkin, before that beer is done fermenting, we'll actually throw it in our little pin cask and we'll throw a bunch of crazy additions into it and it'll keep fermenting what's left of the residual sugars and then you're left a couple weeks, two, three weeks later with this cask ale. Um, when we opened, we were doing traditional because a lot of people weren't used to the cast. So we released mm-hmm. like an, an ESB. We did milk stouts, the browns, uh, like a Scottish export. And then we kind of noticed what our patrons really liked. And that was this new, these flavors we were imparting. Uh, we did an Earl Grey ESB a few weeks ago, birthday cake beer, German chocolate cake. We did a Honey Bunches Vote cereal beer. So we just play with them all the time. And this Friday, we've got a pistachio ice cream milk stout coming out. Okay. And it's and if it goes over well, that gives a, a nice paving stone for what people might want to see on the tap wall. So that's helped us develop what, what we see on that. Yeah. That's why the cream else kind of was born, because that was a base for several of the beers we were doing with these weird additions. Uh, and just people wanted more and more of it. So we're like, let's just put it on the wall. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Well, no, absolutely. And, and I've just got to ask the next question. Uh, what the firk? Uh, right. What's a firkin? Like, what's so, what's going on there? So there's I mean, different there's different sizes. Obviously, you you got the pin cask, which is you know a little under five gallons, not much, and then you have the actual firkin, which is you know a smidge under ten gallons. Uh, these are just old historic ways of dispensing cask ale. They're served at room temperature between 55, 62 degrees, um, and they can go. You can age these up to a few months, but once you tap them you have to drink them fast because it's something you can't save the preservation just isn't there what a horrible horrible problem to have <laughs> but we do blow them though so yeah. every night yeah. we do blow them there's people always show up a couple hours late like you used to have any more of it I'm like sorry it's gone yeah. uh but that is a good problem to have just yeah. because we have to turn people away that want growlers of and it. then like, people show up earlier and earlier exactly. on fridays knowing that we're gonna tap them at four yeah so yeah. they're fun to play with though no, that's fantastic. Well, very cool. Um, so, so you said, uh, what's the new one coming out? I know I saw on there. Is that the White Russian? So that what's is that? our actual beer that's going to be on the wall. Okay. Um, so our chap is what we call our milk stout, and okay. most of our beer names are, are English steampunk names. There's kind of like a spin. So the chap is our currants, our chocolate milk stout. We took that base, we infused it with some local uh, local coffee from a roastery. Uh, some vanilla from KC Vanilla Company and KC and Ecuadorian cocoa nibs. So we adjusted our, our grain bill, infused a little bit more lactose, and you end up with this creamy, 
it's like a white Russian cocktail. It's got that like coffee liqueur finish Mm -hmm. to it. And we've been planning this for a while and what better beer to have to showcase all the other local businesses around us so yeah. you call it the beard abides right yeah so that, that one, one we that one's just called dude and since we don't <laughs> see so since we uh we don't distribute uh we, we can get away with yeah. some names that yeah. i already so you there with the uh with the oh yeah it, it, yeah in, the, in this market there's a lot of things you can't call anything exactly yeah. uh but when you get a distribution where well, we probably will be in the next year we'll have to think about that later but right now i mean these are just kind of one-off beers that we're throwing out there yeah yeah well i happen to know somebody who is uh opening a bar soon and uh they'll be looking for things <laughs> to have on tap True. Eventually. I know. awesome awesome we, yeah. we when will, you get there when yeah you get there. eventually yeah. we will we gave ourselves a year to see where we'd be uh organically yeah uh, just we weren't in a rush and we actually built our system based on like growth so we brew in three barrel batches but our system's capable of going upwards of six barrel nice. uh, just because we have two mash tons to boil kettles when we do the smaller batches we have a dedicated tank for kettle sours and that was kind of helped us significantly in the beginning because we were able to change and throw constant beers out yeah non-stop. and i like that you guys i saw you guys did a cider or not a cider a hard seltzer yeah yep. as well yeah. i like how you you do a lot of like cool funky things and like different the, styles where people kind of just they don't branch out a whole lot yeah and the, the funny thing about that we get a lot of people in they're like man the name of that seltzer is like the greatest name in the world me and her like we got those rap roots you know from the early 90s and stuff so we were singing in the car one day trying to think of what we we're going to call the seltzer and it blurted out helter seltzer you know <laughs> nice uh and it worked out she loves those old serial killer documentaries and we're oh, like yeah. let's call it helter seltzer so we did a, a pomegranate and we released a couple weeks ago our uh helter seltzer cherry yes but they're uh like i said ours are a little on the boozier side they're 5.8 abv but uh gluten-free low carb and it really has opened up the doors for a lot of people that are coming in there that couldn't drink beer yeah, yeah. and that's kind of why we did that you look we want to have something for everyone and yeah. if you're going to drive that far to get to us yeah. like we want to have a wide variety yeah. for everyone 100 yeah. so you guys have been going through i mean you've got some great names you have yep. uh, some great styles you said more european style yep. is is kind of the way you guys lean mm-hmm. um has there been a beer that you have just you've, you've attempted and it turned out to be absolute crap not yet no uh, i'm serious nice. so and, yeah and going into this uh you do see some places that will if they do mess up they'll, they'll call it something they'll discount it that was always kind of like sacrilege to me uh just because it's i'm the last line of defense for good product to make it to the bar if there's something i'm not happy with then i'm just gonna just cut it loose yeah yeah uh knock on wood nothing's like happened yet you know thank god but uh but it's always you have to be mindful that stuff can happen we're pretty diligent we both have ocd so our cleaning regimen's ridiculous uh attention to detail being at our scale a bad batch can ultimately be the death of us in a sense yeah so we have to be mindful of that always but I, I have fun. Uh, before we started this, I was always doing old styles, so I had a, an idea of what I needed to do uh, for that style. But there's some that I won't jump into that I'm not familiar with, but I'm not saying I won't ever dive into wild styles. Uh, we always try to bring up something new, though, being a destination. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Well, uh, speaking of new, um, what do you say we tap into the next beer here and yep. see what we have? Let's do it. Uh, what's, what's coming up next? So this next one, we released it Friday. Uh, it's actually named after our daughter, which it's a nickname. We call her Peanut. Uh, she is a peanut butter queen. 
you know, I, I grew to love it being with her. So this is an oatmeal stout and okay. it's, it's infused, uh, with peanut flour and just God awful amounts of peanut flavorings. Okay. So when we used to do this, it was always in a milk stout, but, uh, for the flavor we wanted to get so. milk stouts could sometimes be overpowering or cloying. So we put it in an oatmeal stout, so it's more roasty. It's, it's I call it dry nutted. It's kind of funny sounding, you know, people dry hop. That thing's yeah. basically dry nutted. Okay. Uh, but you can drink more than one of them, and that's kind of why it's worked out. Real simple grain bill, but it's not one that's going to fill you up. Yeah. Milk stouts, ours will fill you up oh, that yeah. we have, but that's it worked out so well putting it in that. And, and it, what's the ABV on it? So that one's sitting about 6.4. Okay. And we've all had Ooh, the... That smells like... Yeah, that smells like Cocoa Puffs. That smells good. And we've all that had nice. the, the peanut butter cup milk stouts. Ours is a peanut butter cookie oatmeal stout. We wanted that nice baked bread uh, peanut butter cookie flavor. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, it, it shines. The oh, yeah, taste is in the in the aroma as well. Yeah. yeah. So. No, absolutely. And you said... So you have a, a lot of peanut flavorings in there. Um, just... Wow. I'm t- I gotta tell you, I like. I was not expecting that solid of a peanut flavor, yeah. and that's wonderful. And anytime oh you gosh, work with this beer, so you can always add more, and you can't take away. So, yeah. and he is not a huge peanut butter fan, and I am. So he kept bringing it to me to taste it. So I'd, he gets up early to brew or, or to clean kegs or whatnot, and I'd be setting up in bed, and he'd be shoving a peanut butter beer at me, <laughs> saying, "Taste this. Is this enough?" And I'd be here. like, I'd be like. Yeah, but yeah. I think it needs more. And then the next day, I was taking a shower. He shoves a beer in the shower at me. <laughs> shower Taste beer, this. you know. Shower beer is great. Yep. <laughs> and so I, we finally got it to a place where I felt like it wasn't too overwhelming. Yeah. So. Oh, it's very good. No, I think I think it's wonderful. It's yeah. It's like I, I mentioned cocoa puffs at first, but it's like the Reese's. Yeah. Reese's puffs. Yeah, and that. I like that the taste does follow the smell some some beers you smell and you're like oh my god this is gonna be good and the taste just falls off yeah this does not fall off see and that's we always have this joke amongst each other Uh, when we first started dating uh eventually got married we went to there was a horny goat brewing company that was up in milwaukee wisconsin they had the strangest names concoctions what they said was on that can is exactly what it tasted like and that's hard thing to do if you have like a brownie patter porter you want it to taste like that. Mm-hmm. These guys knocked it out of the park all the time. Uh, and then we hadn't had that in a while. So the next, when we got our fermenters, it came from Little Beaver Brewing. He was doing the same thing. If you don't like hazy IPAs or milk stouts, that's not the brewery for you. This guy was literally throwing cakes in the mash, in the boil. Nice. He was doing all this wow. weird stuff. So now when we do our beer, she's always in my head. His name was Chad Beavers. And Tiff's always telling me to be a little beaver. Be a little beaver, you know. <laughs> there you push, go. Push, there the, you go. push the envelope. So to if we're going to put that on the name you know like this is what it is we have to punch those flavors in there because yeah. it is important to us because that's our dynamic we want to bring people out like it's a well, I mean, like you said like you could see a name and you already taste it you can already yeah. smell it like you've already got your hopes up before yeah. you even get it in the glass so yeah <laughs> yep. well cool really well good. tell you what uh, i think we're going to take just a, a quick break here we're going to uh, take a, a pause for our uh, advertisers okay and uh we're going to come back here in a little bit i know we've got we got more to talk about yep. so uh we're going to work on some of this peanut here and yep. uh, i know we've got one beer left for the second half uh-huh. so uh we'll see y'all whenever we get back right here on beyond the tap awesome 
Hey everyone, it's Brian here, and I'm so excited to tell you about the all-new 2021 American V-Twin models from Indian Motorcycle. Now, if you haven't heard of Indian, they're America's very first motorcycle company, and Autumn here in the Ozarks, it's the perfect time to take one out for a test ride. I've been by the dealership, I've seen what quality craftsmanship looks like, and you should too. I'm telling you, the new 2021 models are incredible. They've got the Scout and Scout 60, or if you're like me and you like a little more stripped down, more blacked out look to it, you'll wanna check out their Scout Bobber and Scout Bobber 60. They've even got the liquid-cooled Indian Challenger, which if you didn't know, was named 2020 Motorcycle of the Year by both Rider Magazine and Thunder Press. So head over to Heritage Indian Motorcycle in Rogers, Arkansas today to schedule a test ride or check them out online at heritageindiannwa.com or call 479-633-8443. And remember, always wear your helmet, never drink and ride, and be sure to follow all local laws, including any social distancing guidelines in your area. All right, so if you like what you're hearing here on Beyond the Tap, make sure and head over to YouTube and uh, subscribe to us. Hit that little bell so you make sure and get the notifications every single time that we post a new uh, episode here. It's really nice, right? What are you doing back here? And also, make sure and check us out on Apple iTunes podcast section. Uh, subscribe to us there. And uh, do you know we're also on Spotify? Yes. There's nothing in there yet, but uh, that's okay. So... Check us out. If you really, really like what you're hearing here, then you want to head over to patreon.com and you can actually contribute to the show and making this the awesome success that it clearly already is. And uh, throw a few bucks at us. You can earn some cool perks along the way. Visit patreon.com slash beyond the tap today to check out more. And to some of my friends who, you know, bucks may not come so quickly to you. Feel free to subscribe to us. That's important to us as well. Or review us. Give us five stars. You think we're five stars? I think we're five stars. I think so. And that's just as important. So follow us. Stay tuned. There's a lot coming your way. True story. See you next time on Beyond the Tap. I feel like moseying up with this music, right? Kind of works. (laughs) Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the second half of our episode of Beyond the Tap featuring uh, Beard Engine Brewing Company out of Alba, Missouri. Uh, these guys are fascinating. If you didn't catch the first half, shame on you. Uh, and go back and listen to it or watch it. Find it on our YouTube channel. Um, I'll tell you what. This is really cool. I love I love the steampunk theme. I love everything that we've been touching about so far here. Um, but I want to know. I heard something when we were on the break. Something about Mayor? Yeah. Can oh. you go into that a little What's bit? What's up with that? So, you know, we've, we're still fairly new to the town, about two years, almost to the day. Uh, when we opened up the brewery, we met a lot of the, you know, the, the locals and stuff at the, the city hall and the collector and the, the councilman. Uh, we had to go through quite a bit for the, the liquor license and obviously opening a brewery. So we came became pretty good friends, and I, I told them, in a year of residency that I would probably be on that ballot. They're excited, you know, want, want some new ideas. Uh, so when that time came this year, another local that had been a patron of ours had actually put my name like in. He was a right Because he just wanted to do council. Yeah. So he signed himself up for council and then somebody else wrote him down for mayor. And believe it or not, people seen my name on that and said, hey, let's... Let's, let's Make it happen. Yeah. So we got the beer guy, mayor. So, let's go. Yeah. So not only were you written, it, she said you won. <laughs> he won. Yeah. So he won mayor and city council and had to choose. Okay. You All know. Right. So it was weird because in the paper that uh, when they did the the article for the elections, the local uh, county, my dad, everyone was calling me like, "Hey, congratulations!" I didn't really 
even, I forgot all about it, honestly. I was in there looking at it, and it was kind of really vague. It just said uh, Nathaniel Ardinger, mayor, and then like alderman or something. Well, our city clerk had called me and said, I got a, I got a little bit of problem. It's not a big deal. Uh, do you want a mayor or councilman? I was like, do what? You know? <laughs> um, so I had to, I had to decline uh, the mayor of being at where class four city and, and I kind of did my research on it. So I decided to keep it's my council seat. Work. It is and a lot of work. We're okay. already two people for yeah. this brewery. So, I so am he a, could not spread himself any thinner. Yeah. So on top of the, the brewery, I am, uh, I am one of the uh, councilmen for well, Alabama. Very cool. Congratulations. Congratulations. Well, I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you. Hey. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So so now we talked about that. I know we're kind of leading in with another beer here. We finished the uh, the peanut over mm-hmm. the break, and that was absolutely phenomenal. Appreciate uh, we let the crew taste some of that too, and uh, some of the other the clash as well. And uh, I know I think the general consensus is that peanut was. Uh, I'm getting double thumbs up here from everybody. So yeah, uh, yeah that's a good one. Yep. And Ramy just gave one thumb up, but it's okay. I mean, we don't blame. <laughs> him. Okay, he's got. Oh, oh, he's, he's oh, got we the got, circle. We got the so, circle. Okay. We're good. We got All the right. circles. So, uh, and the dog did not have any beer, which is good because she's still alive. Um, <laughs> so that said, I, I now I hear your town also has. Uh, we talked about uh, liquor licenses, mm-hmm. and for a long time, Alba was a one liquor license town. Is that correct? Yep. It we was. only had one the one restaurant, Old Miners Inn, and they were the recipient of that license. Yeah. Uh, being a French restaurant, they always had to have wine. So yeah. that w- so it be- the one liquor license belonged to our building, but then when the old miners enclosed, the people that came in that have an event center uh, two doors down, they acquired the liquor license gotcha. and held the one. So that's insane. Came, and there's several different licensing uh, as far as like liquor goes. There's package. There's by the drink. Uh, so to bring that in and kind of like educate and and show there's there's more licensing just one. It really opened the the doors for a lot of people to come in after us. Uh, just because they didn't really see the difference. Everyone thinks liquor, you know, it's one license Small for town. everything. They yeah. just didn't understand. Absolutely. And, well, and now here we are. Uh, they're on the same page. They've been enlightened a little bit. And, and I've learned as I've gone being in that position, having that role. So now I do see the the benefit of the multiple licenses. And they've really lifted a lot of the restrictions that we had when we came in. So that's something cool that we help change that's uh, awesome. and that's yeah. like i said i mean that's the american dream you know if you want something bad enough you will you'll, you'll fight for it yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah so we did and it was great and now i'm part of that council so well and, and i have to ask i mean being in the middle of the bible belt here i mean yeah. is was there a lot of uh i guess unfamiliarity or or kind of apprehension maybe around small town alcohol coming in and becoming more prominent yeah. Uh, was there was there any of that pushback as well? A little bit. They yeah. didn't understand. They, One of the uh, council members had never even heard of a brewery. She just thought we were a bar. Yeah. And they just weren't interested. And they were thinking that we were going to have, you know, be open till 1 a.m. and stumbling drunks all over the street. Fights. And and yeah. She just didn't understand. But we came um, in to the council meeting as a family, me and Nate, and we brought our daughter with us. And we said, look, we're just a, a small family wanting to do something fantastic out here there was something here that was so fantastic the old miners in and we want to follow in their footsteps um, make a name for ourselves leave something for our, our daughter and you know we're good people <laughs> it's not a bar uh, kids can go to breweries dogs yeah. can go to breweries and they were kind of blown away by that they just had never heard of that concept it's a very different culture 
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, and I like how we're getting it to be more approachable now. And, and I, I do feel like it's not just, you know, Northwest Arkansas and, you know, we're getting these smaller towns that are, are starting to recognize the, the maturity of the craft of, of craft beer and, and wine spirits, all that. And, and realizing that it is truly something about community, mm-hmm. uh, not about getting smashed, but about, oh, you know, yourself. like actually yeah. enjoying <laughs> experience. Like you're saying, you, you have a place that most restaurants, just regular food restaurants without alcohol, can't even get people to do is sit their dang phone down. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys have created this experience where people yep. truly want to engage that way. And yeah. I think that's And they awesome. bring their kids and they get our board games out and they sit yeah. and they have family game night and we have root beer and so we I was just gonna get ask, the kids you, sugared up. And yeah. <laughs> so we so we carry, we don't make our own. Uh, we were going to early on, but made the decision to keep that tap line open for for any other variances. So we, we still use a low, we use Abita. Uh, that's a very good bottled root beer. Absolutely. It's got one hell of a following. So we have that and a lot of people seem to love it. So, you know, we have a little water hydrant type thing. It's all steampunk. You can help yourself to water if you want. But it's it's really been kind of a game he, changer. He's downplaying this water thing. Like he made it so grand. <laughs> okay. This copper pipe runs from the back of the brew house all the way over an arch into the tap room, up a wall, down, and then so you, you kind of follow it. It's kind of neat. Nice. Crazy cool. You may have to send us a photo of that, yeah. or, yep. or have yep. our folks. You know, is it on your Facebook? Uh-huh. It okay. should yep. be. Yeah. All right. So yep. so if you're watching this or listening to this right now, go to their uh, Beard Engine Brewing Company uh, Facebook page and check it out because. I, I've got to see this now, so I'll, I'll pull it up later. But uh, it's very cool. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the building you're in. You said there's a lot of history to it, and I know uh, during the break we mentioned just a little bit about you. You met one of the original owners' daughters. Daughters, yes. So what? What's the building? First of all, what's the building there? What was the? Significance it was the, the Old town? Miners Inn. It opened in 1979 by a French chef. Uh, he was a five-star Michelin chef. Ooh. He met a woman in Alba, fell in love. And decided to do, and I may be wrong. I'm I'm hearing this secondhand, this story. So this is a story I've been told. But uh, they started the restaurant, and people kind of thought they were a little bit crazy all the way out there. This fancy, it was a five course. Uh, I th- I, yeah, I think so. And I mean, with wine and your dinner, you didn't get out of there for less than like 150 to 200 dollars a couple back wow. in that time. Wow. So, and they they ran for 28 years, and it it was it was a really cool place that people went to for anniversaries or um, big company parties, uh, proms. Yeah. So streets, it wasn't uncommon to see a Rolls Royce outside, uh, wow. Lamborghinis. I mean, this was insane for considering how small the town was. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I think and you 25... talk to the people in the town and they'll tell you, well, I never ate there. I couldn't afford to eat there. We just got to see all the cool comings and goings. And so, and when they come in now, they see the, the grandeur of it, how mm. like actually impressive it is. Cause we kept a lot of those aesthetics just yeah. to pay our respect to what they did. Uh, you know, they were counted out early on, kind of like how we were like, man, you're going to do that in a destination setting. Man, if you've got something people are really interested in or someone's passionate about something, you, you'll get that draw. Oh, yeah. They did that consistently, and there's still been nothing you can, that it can even reach the stars that they did. So coming into that, we did have big shoes to fill, but we knew we were going to have to ride those coattails because we were in a nostalgic building. The building itself wasn't as 
as famous as the name, the family. It was a family-owned business. They all worked for the, you know, their... The and their daughters lived upstairs yep. in the, the apartment that we now live in with our daughter. Okay. And so I was always really excited to have the family members come back and see it. And I I think um, for emotional reasons, they waited a little bit. Like that's mm. kind of what she gave me was when she walked in, She it, it was a little emotional for her. She hadn't been there in years and years and years. And yeah. I looked at her like a celebrity because I'd been waiting for her to come for months. And so I showed her the house and everything. She got the full blown <laughs> full tour. tour. That's here, awesome. Yep. Here's our, here's our life, you know. <laughs> But it's, it is cool, though. I think that's fascinating to see how, yeah, something that was so, so exciting and so uh, impactful to that community mm-hmm. there yep. and, and clearly had such a statement to be made about it, um, even as it has moved on um, for whatever reason. We won't get into that right now. But uh, I know you guys coming in behind them and then yep. taking it and moving forward. But I, I like the fact that you said you're leaving a lot of homage to that. You're leaving yep. a lot of, of the grandeur. Uh, that yep. was there mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. you're just adding to it. Yes. Um, Cause I feel like we do owe them being that they did something so wonderful out there and people just want to see what it is now. So we get a lot of draw just that they can see like, cause we had a couple come in the very first week that we were open and it was 24 years to the day that they had been engaged in that room. And oh, so wow. they were just really pumped to be back and they came for their anniversary or Pretty their emotional. engagement I mean, anniversary. So- it's so like it's, a legacy that you guys get to continue and yeah. spin it to your It yes. is. It's very cool. And, and, and that's important to us. And when they made the decision, you know, that they had had enough, that the business had, had ran its course and they were they were just tired, ready to do different things, uh, that was kind of like, that was almost like when the town just kind of kind of died in a sense. Gotcha. Uh, you take something that big and next thing you know, it's gone. It, it, it does. I, I Sometimes I joke around calling it a ghost town. Uh, it's not, but when we came in there, that's how it felt because these towns you know our forefathers before us, they built this stuff um and i was guilty party also when we wanted the brewery we were thinking like out of the box like let's let's take it somewhere else let's do this but home is really where the heart is and yeah. there was no reason to let this town just kind of fade away yeah so we just kind of resurrected something and I mean, here we are, and I'm so humbled and grateful for everyone that's came in. Yeah. Well, and, and I hear you're not only resurrecting the building, but there's another project you're working on that has yep. some really amazing roots uh, to the history of the town. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're a fan of baseball. Uh, listen up, because uh, tell us what's going on in So, in So we just recently uh, entered into you know, for some grants to help restore a baseball field. A lot of people know Alba is based on the Boyer family. They basically were known for all the brothers to have made it into Major League Baseball. We're talking the Mets, the Yankees, the Cardinals. Seven. So Ken Boyer being the most, uh, probably the most prolific of all of them, uh, Golden Glove, you know, all these several different awards, it wasn't just the family that touched this ball field. It was Mickey Mantle that was from Commerce. It was Whitey Herzog, you know, from the Joplin area. Baseball was so big in the Midwest, and this was, you know, talking 30s, 40s, that stuff was, your talent was from this area. So that field, that is, to me, the, the field of dreams. And to see it just sitting vacant for so long, we just recently uh, got approved, you know, to move forward with the project and kind of restore that field to its glory. Uh Traveling teams will be able to use it, obviously, but we're kind of going to put it how it would have looked back in that era. That's really And cool. that's kind of a cool project that we got going on at Alba right now. Because yeah. that's, 
you had old miners in before that the boyer family huge and uh if anyone knows baseball cardinals that's i mean ken boyer was the guy so that's amazing and so now are you working with local like historians or or national historians so so we've got some different uh organizations locally that actually will assist us in the the grant approval process Uh, we have to do our diligence we had to create like a spreadsheet what this cost what that cost and they actually kind of do the legwork for us they submit all that paperwork and it's a pretty lengthy process but most of the hard parts out of the way i got to go out there with one of the other council members and kind of see what we needed to do. But being on that forefront, being one of the, the last people to be on the submission, it's really neat just because they aren't real familiar with baseball. We have one uh, council member that she is a part of that family. So she's a legacy that's one of the other aldermen. And uh, she is in relation to that Boyer family. So she's a, a historian, she's a walking history book and it's fantastic talking to her about it so she's very so excited all of the council members are working together yeah. to that's incredible this. that's yeah. so it's awesome. it's very neat so in us drawing in so many more out of towners that field will spark something else mm-hmm. yeah uh, and then we're going to be one of the sponsors for the field as well so we can have our name on the back fence and, yeah. we're, nice. and we're probably only i think we're 3.2 miles from the original route 66 highway so that will hopefully become like a little bit of a photo op place mm-hmm. so that's yeah. what we're, that's what we're looking forward to well nice. very awesome and, yeah. and i know uh you know just speaking of that um I, I obviously can't promise anything right now because uh this person uh, getting ready to say doesn't know anything about it yet but uh, you might even uh, try connecting with Adam LaRoche. Um, he's up in my home area of Fort Scott, Kansas, okay. and a big baseball player. He retired a couple of years back, and uh, he's just he has this passion for for you know baseball and things like that. And so, different people like him and different historical yeah. societies. I know, uh, man. I I can only imagine how great that project's going to be as it gets moving forward. We'll have to yeah. keep up on uh, everything and how that's for sure. Going. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, cool. you know, we've got the stories to tell. And uh, like I, I was mentioned earlier, in commerce, you know, they called Mickey Mantle a commerce comet. You go through that little small town, you got this big bronze statue of him, you know, and his home's there. Uh, the Boyer family home is what's left of it still there. So it's kind of neat that we have these big names in the baseball era that are right here in our backyards. But a lot of people don't really think about that. Yeah. So when you dig deep, you find some real inter- interesting facts. That's so. cool. How far away from here are you guys? We're exactly, we're probably shy under an hour. Yeah. Okay. It didn't take us long to get yeah. here at all. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you again you're, for making this drive. Yeah. yeah. Your, road, your roads are like really like, you know, a bunch of fishtails out there, but we yeah. made it. We yeah. made it. So now, uh, so yeah, so from, from uh, Alba to here in Hiawassee, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. It's about it. Are, uh, shy under an hour. That's awesome. Unless you get stuck behind an 18 wheeler like we did. Well, yeah. Or one of the dump trucks that are, you know, frequent around here. Because that may have been we have a lot of projects. I think, it was, I think it was a dump truck. Because I was like, there are so many. So tell us, what are we drinking now? What is this one? Because we moved on, like I said, during the break. And and I'm noticing this one is definitely a different flavor. So tell me what it is first. And we can, let's chat about it really quick. It is the Shadow Boxer. The Schwartz beer. It's a German Schwartz beer. Schwartz beer. So it's, uh, like she describes it to a lot of people that come in that, you know, there's always that like a uh, mantra people are like, I don't like dark beers. Well, this thing it's black as night, but it finishes like light as day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Schwartz beers, it, it's a pretty historic style in its sense. It's, uh, it's dry, it's roasty, not so roasty that you get in the coffee complexity of yeah. a lot of the beers, but it, uh, 
it's probably one of our staples now. It was supposed to be just a, a one and done, but I see it making its way on a permanent list. Schwartz beer is very, yeah. it's become more popular around this yeah. area as yes. well. And this was actually named after our, our boxer. We had a, a dog, he was almost eight, passed away recently. So to pay our specs and we called a shadow boxer for him. Uh, he was a German boxer. So it made perfect nice. sense. There Fantastic. Yeah. So no, I, I love the flavor of it. The, it's a little smoky, a little, like you mm-hmm. said, roasty. Yes. Uh, you can definitely taste mm-hmm. that. And then the, the mouthfeel on this one is definitely different at the yeah. end. It, it's it, a lager. So it's a black lager. Yep. Yeah. So even though it's dark in color, it has a, a very light mouthfeel. So this, this is the beer. Um, I've said this before on here. So when people used to ask me what this was, um, I would say it was like a an amber and a porter had a baby. Yeah. So, yeah. It, you know, it has I, I the color that. of the porter yeah. and yep. the finish of an amber. Yeah, yes. absolutely. So. And they are. I mean, you can drink sell a pretty low ABV. That's about 5.3. But this is just one of the many loggers that we've introduced to our area. Uh, this actually replaced our Maybach. And, and those would typically be brewed right now and released in the, the springtime. Yeah. But that one went over way too well. It's called Clockwork. And to kind of answer that lager, we started this early on, and it turned out to be a, a, a beautiful beer. But we've kind of put ourselves in a weird position because I already started, got the Maybach lagering now, and now this one, like, well, I don't want to bring you back. Or <laughs> so, so we we have ten taps, and one through well, originally one through five was supposed to be our staples, and then six through ten were going to be our rotators. Well, then Clash hit. It was sitting on the number six spot, and uh, Three Barrel Batch blew in three weekends. You're getting more staples. Wow. As you yeah. Know. <laughs> so now so it's like nothing said, safe. And he, he was like, I don't know if I want to rebrew that again. I kind of want to do something else. I said, people will riot, I think, at this point. Yeah. Because yeah. They were <laughs> all, they were like, it's gone. And I'm like, so he had to brew that one again. And so now we just have the seven through 10 that are our rotators. But okay. now we have Shadow Boxer on the seven spot. That <laughs> yes. I mean, when we opened, we had like an ESB, a brown, a milk stout, like a, an English strong ale or otherwise known as American pale ale. So we had all those. And then it just full force like ah nothing's safe now you yeah, know we're so. letting you've you've introduced speak. you've created monsters yeah. Yeah. Like, in a sense yeah. yeah and all these are these are fun beers to to brew yeah but uh at the end of the day you know you, you want people to enjoy what you what you're making yes. so when i see people enjoying the clash um there's nothing wrong with the beer uh, i just i'm a big malty beer fan so mm-hmm. i always lean towards a lot of malt a lot of roast and that's just my profile but I know not everyone's is like that. So yeah. clashes, that's kind of the go-to for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, now let me ask you this really quick. Um, so in the in the tap room there, mm-hmm. now you're you're currently only beer, right? Yep. Uh, I mean, obviously minus the seltzer, the seltzer. that we mentioned <laughs> earlier. But uh, you don't have any food there. I, I heard you don't have any food in your kit like you don't have a kitchen no but you do allow people to bring in their own food or yeah and we have food food trucks trucks every weekend um if we do not have a physical food truck on property off is they set up off the patio uh then we have a mexican restaurant that is like 0.5 miles down the road and they literally just got voted best of the four states for mexican restaurants for mexican restaurants they beat out so many joplin and carthage and other bigger places around us uh they're mexican restaurants and they are they are so good and so they're such amazing people mm. uh they're a small family 
run business destination as well. restaurant yeah. yeah and they were out there before I, I think they were the only ones and they don't serve alcohol obviously so we play this like nice like partnership yeah people will leave there come us for like a nightcap uh they deliver to the tap room they're always so flexible like hey we didn't our food truck canceled we got you so we essentially are more seating space for their restaurant yeah. so nice. now when they run deliveries it's it's totally local uh we support one another and it's good food that's a great partnership yeah. so we, we love is. them to and death they are, yes they are wonderful people they're now part of our family and so aside from them uh they ran yesterday uh we've had different we've had like fish and ship trucks barbecue uh we had a we've just recently captured a 417 foodie is their name they do charcuterie boards oh. uh and it's really neat. They basically have a little tiny home on a trailer, so you can go out there. It looks like a tiny house. It's very cool. With a big front porch, and they've got their little prep table set up inside, and you can order right off the truck. It's and they oh, they cool. tear it up. Um, and being in a rural area where we're at, any food truck, I guarantee you'll probably do well. Our food options are pretty limited, yep. um, so that helps us significantly when we have food trucks out there. Yeah, we still love our Mexican restaurant and. You know, there's no ill feelings there at all. Uh, so it just brings a different dynamic, yeah. you know. So it's it's very cool that everything's kind of... they are actually in the town next to ours called Purcell, and they're running into the same oh. liquor license problem that we had mm -hmm. in the beginning. Okay. So they just have not had time, which Nate swears if he gets some time to himself that he was going to try to help them with some lingo and yeah. and maybe That's get awesome. them a liquor license because i would like them to have margaritas yeah absolutely <laughs> who doesn't like margaritas? real bad yeah. well and, and you mentioned a while ago you've got the uh you know you, you've got a basically an extension off of them you know mm -hmm. as far as yeah. another place for people to hang out yeah. uh, yep. an extension off of their dining area but um you've got 75 uh is your full capacity right you said and then you're about half that right now yes. yeah and then you also have a beer garden right yes we have a large patio and that's kind of been our saving grace it's starting to get cold but we've ordered a big tent and some blowers yeah. to cover all of our um picnic tables so we can keep that seating going awesome nice. you you led exactly where i was going to go and say you know how do you how do you move that into the winter here but right yeah no that's yeah, we, awesome. we needed to save that because everyone they feel more comfortable outside and so a lot of our people have set outside yeah um what's the capacity on the on the patio the patio um the con so we have two different areas so when you and we have a self-guided tour. And if anyone's familiar with most breweries, uh, Urban Chestnut in St. Louis, they have a self-guided brewery tour. You get to walk through it and, and kind of you end up somewhere. Ours is the same concept. We entered in like drink like you own the place, get you a beer, wander back. Everything's blocked off what needs to be blocked off. But you get to go and see the inner workings of the brew house. You get to see what's going on in the fermenters. You get to see just the, say, the, the smells of everything. You basically see the inside of like what we deal with on the daily on and the way you, to the patio and then you get okay. the patio so then we have a patio space i don't know I'm it's probably bad a at square it's probably a thousand square feet With okay both or just, just that one the concrete oh, patio is probably a thousand square feet we've got like three picnic tables like a nice uh kind of swanky sitting area and then we have our two thousand square foot beer garden wow yeah so it's all grassy it's pet friendly it's got a dog way station and nice. it's got some games ladder yeah. ball and bags we call it a miniature mothers if you've ever been to mothers they have that big that's kind of what ours is reminds us of. Okay, yeah, Mother's out of Springfield, yep. right? Yep. So absolutely, I know they're going to be on the show here. A uh, little drop, boop. Uh, they're oh. going to be on the show pretty soon, and so they'll be fun. They'll be fun. 
And uh, we have actually a fun little, uh, a fun little add-on, a little bonus that's going to happen with them. So that'll be a fun time. Cool. But um, so, so people end up out on the patio. Uh, mm-hmm. So now, do you do like signage there? I guess like along the way for anything for people to know this is this is our, our you know mash tank or your mash town. So we've got the only thing we really have signage-wise is when you like exit after you've gotten your drink we've got a sign that it's in a typewriter font that i painted it says says, says patio right Uh, and and there are many times like where does this go yeah we're Uh, very hands-on and it's me nate and then we have carolee she is our bar our beer tender mm -hmm. and so um we each take turns like if we're not busy making sure that if they've never been there to walk them through yeah. and explain that to them and that's what a lot of people comment that we take the time to do that and yeah. so we are always in the tap room because we never brew weekend. when we're open uh yeah. most brew days start at 4 a.m okay so and we open on two on fridays and saturdays so all that stuff's usually done before people get there obviously in the winter we might bring that so people can kind of see see and smell and and all the things that we're doing uh but like i said that's that's so snow on the ground yeah right now i'm gonna i gotta get up super early in the mornings yeah yeah just because we're a small 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 operation so now you've got you've got trivias on sundays yep uh you have uh live music sometime is that almost almost every weekend i try to have a musician um this uh, next coming up weekend, we have one Friday and Saturday. Okay. Nice. All right. So weekends, you got live music. You got mm. that. You have Firkin Fridays, uh-huh. yep. uh, which remind our, our viewers and listeners what that is. Oh, the Firkin is our, uh, we tap a cask every Friday of a new beer. We take one off the wall and then make some crazy addition to it. Um, this Firkin for this weekend is going to be a little bit different, though, because we... Uh, made two beers to go inside of Jack Daniels barrels. So we're aging beers currently. Um, We took two casks, one off of each of those before it went into the barrels so that we could tap the cask and show them kind of a preview, pre-barrel, what they're going to get after the aging process is done. You have a little friend that joined you. I know. (laughs) I'm so jealous. He probably smells our dogs. You know, we're we're dog lovers. He's fine. (laughs) No, so, you know, follow up on the Firkin. So Halloween, we had a a steampunk Halloween party. It was pretty big. Uh, Since it was a a big day, we released our German chocolate cake, Imperial Oatmeal Stout. It was 11.5%. The one that is going into the honey, the Tennessee honey Jack Daniels barrel. Okay. Or it is in there. I'm sorry. And we've got uh, another one that's our our English Old Ale. It's in a cask. It's pre whiskey barrel and that's in a, a gentleman jack barrel so we do have a couple we do have like a small whiskey program that we will bottle those up next month and they'll be available to go out the door so the german chocolate cake stout that we did for halloween was 11.1 pre-barrel okay and then the one that we're releasing this friday is the old ale and it's a 10 and a half percent pre-barrel that, so it, it that sounds, sounds really good. Yeah, and it sounds like you guys have some, just some really cool, unique flavors that people can try on, on you said, every freaking Friday, right? Yeah. So, I mean. Almost. We, almost, I mean, yeah. there's there's some that we miss, and, and they give us grace because they know that we're a two-man show, and yeah. that's all we have to say, and they're like, oh, okay, I get it. But if we have, like, a weird beer release, kind of like the peanut, uh, we didn't do a freaking this last Friday just because that in itself was something kind of new to our area. Yeah, it's special. So we just scratch that but there are a lot of people that follow the firkins like hey what are you doing man i need to i need to know what you're doing yeah uh so when i tell them you know i get called a mad scientist all the time you just i think the best firkin to this day was probably the birthday cake uh that one when, if you yeah, threw a birthday cake in a glass well. poured water on it and drank it that's that's probably pretty much what you got all right so stuff like that kind of helped 
create a pretty big buzz in the Firkin world for us. Very cool. So now we talked about kind of where you've been and everything. Mm-hmm. I know you're you're coming up on a year now. You know, next year. I mean, you're yep. what six months old at this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty uh, much. roughly. And yep. so. Uh, I know you guys have, have got some really cool stuff coming up, I'm sure, and mm-hmm. things that are kind of maybe swirling in your head. Um, you touched a while ago on the, uh, you have 10 taps, and you're trying to save half of them for rotators and half of them for your standards. Yeah. Um, is there maybe something in the in the goal uh, to, to expand on how many taps you have in the tap house? Or? Yes, we will, we will expand. Like he said earlier, we want to organically grow, but we did... Um, Shortly before we opened, acquired two more Alba buildings okay. that are attached to our beer garden space. Oh, wow. So um, now they are in pretty rough shape right now. We want to save them, uh, if at all possible. Um, but they are brick buildings. The brick bones are solid. They don't have a roof at the moment. But we have plans to grow into those buildings and canning line yeah so okay. that, that's where we want to be you know, like that. different stuff like that we, we initially we wanted to get like a, a crowler that's pretty popular yeah. in, in breweries and we wanted one of those in the beginning but as we've we ventured out and that we knew we had five six staple beers that that people come in and buy all the time we're like well maybe we should just get like source a small canning line and maybe do six packs mix sixes to go yeah. so i think that's what we're eyeballing right now uh obviously we we don't have any waste. We don't want waste in the brewery. So cans to me, that's where everything's going. Uh, so we kind of want to minimize that right now. We have glass 32 ounce Boston rounds, but, uh, we do want to have that canning line though, eventually, just so we can get ourselves into outer markets. There are a couple beers we have that everyone wants the B splendid, which is our Kaler beer and then the, the clash. Mm-hmm. And then and when but we, the shadow boxer is becoming the third spot. Okay. Yeah. All right. Pretty quickly. So nothing's really safe up there. Just when you think you have like a, a good beer, you know, like here comes this other one. Cause yeah. we do kettle sours also. The other one we have is called Barbie right now. Uh, oh, gosh, it's a cranberry Barbie. ginger pear. I saw that on the menu. So that's a, we bombed it with glitter for Halloween. I saw that. Yeah. I was like, How did, that's so awesome. That's amazing to have. Yeah. That. We I know said that's Barbie dressed up for too. Halloween. Yeah. So that's sparkle Barbie. Um, we it's, saw your like steampunk. It was pretty cool. Thank yeah. you. But it is Thank funny you. seeing uh, a lot of we the guys come in. Yeah. They would order that beer. Like, I guess I'll get a, a, a sparkly beer. I'm like, ah, it's totally fine. You know, I, I can drink it. But uh, that's something we wanted to do for a while because it, it's new to our area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we wanted to have some fun with it and just see what people thought. And it made great Instagram photos. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. we Watching it swirl, I was like. Yeah. We supplied people so with straws, you know, yes. to play with it. <laughs> But uh, what's cool is most people, there is a little bit of glitter, and it is odorless, it's tasteless, it doesn't mm-hmm. add to the body. What glitter would be left in the glass, they dump it in their new beer. And like our shadow boxer, that turned in the most beautiful 70s paint oh, wow. job. Oh, my God. It was gorgeous. And I'm, I'm going to call you out for a second. I wanted to put it in the shadow boxer because shadow boxer, kind of halloween oh, yeah. more of yeah. a dark beer. But he told me that he didn't think it would show up. So when that patron did that, she took the gl- glitter that was left over from Barbie and she put it in her shadow boxer and it was gorgeous. And I was yeah. like, you should have <laughs> yeah, listened see? to me. Yeah. Hey, it's you, right. you know, trial and error. <laughs> there's, you know? there's room for growth now. Right? I know. Yeah. It's, so. you know, you might, uh, New Year's Eve still upon us. I you know. know so. I was like, oh, I that's a good time for glittery beer. beer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, if, if, uh, we're going to have to wrap up here for this one, but, yeah. uh, if our viewers want to check you out, you guys are located in Alba, Missouri, Alba, yes. Missouri. right? Uh, it's just, just outside of Joplin. 20 minutes far. north of Joplin. Okay. Yeah. 
And uh, now, where do they find you online if they want to find uh, some more? What's the number one source for info? Is that your Facebook page? Facebook, Is that, Facebook okay. or Google. Okay. Uh, Google's pretty big. Yeah, I think but Facebook, we are working on a website. My brother is working on that. Um, but right now, we are solely Facebook, and we, we don't really advertise either. We're strictly word of mouth and social media. Yeah. It seems to be doing well for you. Absolutely, yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. you came in through a pandemic, and uh, you've, yeah. you've grown. So I think and if we, you can grow now, we are very grateful down. for that. Absolutely. Very. Well, it takes a solid community, and I have no doubt that you guys are going amazing places. So uh, thanks again so much for joining us today. I know I've thoroughly enjoyed this. I've had fun. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. We had a blast. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Make sure and check out Beard Engine Brewing Company uh, on Facebook. And, of course, follow us here on Beyond the Tap. If you haven't already liked us and followed us, uh, make sure and subscribe to our YouTube as well. Hit that little bell for notifications so you know each and every time that we throw out a new episode. And uh, we'll catch you here next time as uh, we bring on Boston Mountain Brewing Company. So we'll catch you all then. 